Welcome to the Nole Family Podcast, a podcast dedicated to Novak Djokovic, tennis champion, philanthropist, humanitarian, and all-around good guy and role model, and also to the Nole family, the, the legions of fans across the world who cheer on Novak, his, his accomplishments both on and off the court, and share, of course, across social media all of those uh, items and keep us all connected as a fan base. Uh, coming to you January 1st, it's Happy New Year's, and I hope everyone in the Nole family had a great holiday season and uh, a, a prosperous new year in 2020. I haven't been on the podcast in, a, in several months now. I just want to take a quick uh, quick to- uh, podcast here episode to recap what's happened in 2019, kind of reassess Novak's year and look ahead to 2020 in terms of uh, what we what we foresee. First of all, looking back at 2019, uh, you can say that you know, maybe Novak didn't accomplish all the things that we wanted him to accomplish. Uh, we Certainly, we had high hopes heading into the U.S. Open, but I think just by and large, it was an outstanding year for Novak. I think you look it up. He only had two Masters, but the Masters were spread out across six winners. Nobody had more than two Masters wins this season. And obviously, as Novak's you know, career rolls on at this stage, it's really more about those Grand Slams. And not, not that he doesn't want to win the Masters, but those are really, to some extent, just prep tournaments to get ready and get honed in on those, those Grand Slam events. Uh, did have two Grand Slams and two very epic Grand Slams. Number one, the Australian Open, in which he was, I guess you could say, as dominant as any two players have been, if you talk about the big three or the big four, uh, head-to-head. I can't think of a you know final where it, it, either Novak, Nadal, Federer, or Murray, one, one was more dominant than this in, in a Grand Slam final. Um, the way he handled uh, Rafael Nadal in that you know, 6-3, 6-2, 6-2, I believe it was. Um, you know, how well he served in that match and the, the lack of unforced errors. I think he had nine in the entire, entire uh, match. So it was an epic final in terms of the dominance of, of Novak Djokovic and really setting the tone for 2020. Also, you look, of course, the epic match at Wimbledon. Um, you know, it was a tremendous match. I, I think there was that really kind of took a lot out of both Novak and Roger. I think it was such an epic match, not only in terms of the, the win and how that five-set, you know, first-ever, fifth-set tiebreaker, but also if you think of this in terms of, I don't know that there's ever been a match in any sport, really, where there was so much at stake in terms of the, the legacy of both, both sides, you know, in the all-time greats category. I think if you look at this, if Novak loses that match, number one, he's, it puts him six behind uh, Roger at 21 to 15, in the overall Grand Slam race, would have made it much tougher for Novak to catch Roger. Also, if if Roger wins here, you know that's really in a lot of the the fans' eyes, those who are Roger fans and the the press and the media for tennis, they would look at that and say, you know, look, Roger beat you know Novak. He was six years older, beat him on that surface. Um, it really would have been their coronation to some extent of Roger being the greatest of all time. Now, I think it's still very much up for debate. Um, so I think there was a lot at stake there. I think the pressure was a lot higher. You know, there have been some who have said the level of tennis, even though it was a long match and it was very close and it was very dramatic, the level of tennis wasn't as great as, say, let's say the semifinal the year before with Novak and Nadal. I think perhaps that could be, you could make that case. But again, I think when you think of how much was at stake, you know, Novak mentioned after that match that it was the, the toughest match he's ever had mentally. And I think that could go for Roger as well. I think there was so much at stake. It had to really wear on these guys point after point, stroke after stroke. And I think to do that for five hours is really you know, a testament to how tough mentally Novak was. So, um, And I think don't, don't forget about the French Open as well. You know, Novak, obviously, look, 
Nadal is dominant on that surface. He's always going to have the advantage there. He's always going to be the favorite. But look at Novak. He came into that tournament playing very well. Um, he took it all the way to the semifinals. He had a, you know, he took, uh, he, he took Dominic team to five sets. It was a close one. Could have gone either way. And I think if you look at the, the scheduling again, there were some scheduling issues late where they, you know, had some bad weather. Um, the conditions were very difficult. So Nadal really had a, a much a bigger advantage, even if Novak would have would have moved on to the finals there. But the fact that Novak made it to the to the semifinals and played such a competitive uh, competitive tournament there, I think spoke well for his, you know, for the for his performance there at the French Open. So I, I think you could say three of the, the Grand Slams, he played extremely well. Um, and then if you look at the U.S. Open, disappointment, obviously fighting through some, some, uh, some injury issues there, some health issues there. But all, overall, a great year, especially in terms of the Grand Slams. The other thing I would mention is that, you know, Novak has really had three very dominant periods in terms of the Grand Slams in his career, right? He won three out of four in 2011. Uh, and then for the next three or four years, he, he struggled a bit in, in Grand Slam finals. He went through a stretch there, you know, 2012 through 14, where he had lost, I think, four out of five Grand Slam finals. Um, so there was a little bit of a, a lull in there. Now, he played, still played very at a very high level in those years. He was, you know, tops in the world many of those years. But uh, he did have a little bit of a, a lull. So I think you can say that there was a... There was an exhaustion factor having worked so hard to get to number one and having that phenomenal 2011 year. There was a bit of a drop off in 2012 through 2014. Then you look again at 2015 through 2016, where he won again, you know, uh, five out of six Grand Slams, I guess, over that period, you know, 2015 winning three and then the first two of 2016. Um, and again, there was a drop off in his performance following that. Now, I think a lot of that had to do with the exhaustion of finally getting to that French Open, how much it took to get there, how exhausting it was emotionally to lose in 2015 and have to wait another year to get back to that accomplishment. Also, again, the injury issues he had with the elbow falling into 2017 as well. And then, of course, in 2018, the latter half winning those last two Grand Slams at Wimbledon in 2018 against Anderson and then against Delpo at the U.S. Open and coming back with that Australian Open win to begin the year. So I think, again, that, you know, 2018-2019 dominance. I, I think there's a much better chance that Novak continues that run and continues to play at a very high level, you know, at this following this dominant period than, you know, that previous one perhaps in 2015 and 2016. I think there's a lot more momentum. I think you can look to the fact that he came back and won again in Wimbledon. Um, so I think there's, you know, there's optimism that he will continue to play at a very high level in 2020. So looking ahead to the year ahead, uh, you know, 2020, I think, first of all, to start off the year, obviously, uh, Australian Open, a place where Novak is very comfortable, has won seven times. Um, I think, you know, the confidence coming off of that such a dominant performance over Nadal last year, uh, I think is going to be, you know, certainly to his advantage psychologically. I think it will be to certainly to a disadvantage to Nadal if he gets in that position again. I think Nadal, that will still weigh very heavy on his mind the way Novak dominated. And I think, uh, you know, it's you have to you almost forget sometimes, you know, because Novak struggled in the U.S. Open and a little bit late in the year that it's only been a year since he's had such a dominant performance. So I don't think there's any reason to believe that, you know, Novak with a little bit of time off and getting ready and prepped for 2020 can be every bit as dominant as he was in that, that, that Australian Open of 2019 moving into the new year. 
Also, of course, you have to look at uh, the Olympics this year, throwing kind of into the mix. I think that's very important for, to Novak. I think you look at how emotional he was when he lost to Delpo back in 2016. I think it, it really tells you how special this, this accomplishment would be if he could get a gold medal in the Olympics. And I think he's really going, he really would love to have this. I think it means a lot to him emotionally to represent his country and, and win something again that he has not won in his career and, and check that box as well. Um, I think certainly, but it, it, it all comes down to the Grand Slams once again. I think that will continue to be the focus for Novak um, this coming year um, throughout his career. Again, he, he narrowed the gap between himself and Roger um, by, uh, by a couple this year, going from 20 to 14 to 20 to 16. Uh, he maintains you know, the, the pace with, uh, with Nadal, both guys having two Grand Slams in 2019. So... Uh, if there's one wish I could have for Novak, I would like to see him pick up another couple of Grand Slams on, on Roger Federer um, in 2020. You know, either getting two for him and none for Roger, or three for him and one for for Roger, whatever it may, may be the case. Um, I think you look at last year too. You know, I talked about maybe Novak um, having such a psychological advantage. I think it really showed this year. You know, when he won that Wimbledon final, um, Roger Federer, of course, beat Novak and. It, later in the year in London and prevented him from having a shot to get to the number one of, of the year. And, you know, no, Roger Gurley came out and said he thought it was such a great win for him, uh, you know, especially considering what Novak could have accomplished. I thought it was a little bit petty on Roger's part to say, you know, he, a big win for him is preventing Novak from accomplishing something. I think it really shows you once again, uh, psychologically, that Novak is really in his head because of all the 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 matches that he's won, won over over Rogers, specifically in those close matches where he's come back from match point to win, I think it was a little bit petty on Rogers' part. And I think had again, if Novak would have said something similar, I think he would have had a lot of criticism for it. I think it kind of rolls off rolls off when Rogers says those kind of things. But um, nonetheless, I think Novak is very well poised to be very accomplished in 2020. I'm looking forward to the season and what we can all accomplish. So again, we, we are at the first of the year. Um, Novak will have some prep coming into the Australian Open, but certainly a lot of optimism to think that he could start off the year in fine fashion with a great Australian Open. Certainly this year you have to watch for the emergence of the next-gen guys. Uh, there's a lot of guys who showed a lot more promise late last year and also won more Masters 1000s. Medvedev had a great fall and won a couple of Masters um, really took Nadal to the to the limits in that U.S. Open. I think uh, Dominic Team will continue to play well. Sitsipas, I think, improving um, as well as you know Zverev at times has shown flashes. So we'll see how those guys how, the, how those guys uh, play in 2020. We'll certainly prevent uh, will present uh, you know another challenge in addition to those main rivals of Nadal and Federer moving forward. So with that, looking forward to a, a prosperous and healthy 2020 for all the Nole family and for Nole as well. Hopefully he stays. He stays, uh, you know, in top shape, physical condition, because that's really the only thing we would consider that would keep him from performing at a high level and being a champion once again in 2020. Look forward to adding more episodes throughout the year. If you have any questions or any compliments or any any uh, any thoughts on the podcast, anything you'd like me to cover in the future, we uh, welcome you to share those thoughts on social media. Again, that's uh, N O L E F A M is the the handle on Twitter. So we welcome your comments regarding the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this and hope you will it helps enhance the experience of uh, following Novak Djokovic so with that uh, good luck we'll see you next time